the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Welcome in. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Robert Francis Black, to be more precise. Horrible middle name is what it is. Just saying the Rob Black show is kind of funny because I didn't grow up thinking I was going to have a radio show or have a quote-unquote show or be all that in a bucket of chicken, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, it's a financial show. It's a show dedicated to getting you to retirement. It's a show that uh, I put together each and every morning. A lot of business stories, a lot of investment ideas, uh, a lot of getting your butt to retirement, a lot of getting you to save. You know, I saw earlier today there was some retail sales numbers that America's shopping, we're, we're, we're going to the stores, we're spending the do-re-mi, we're spending our paycheck, we live paycheck to paycheck. And on one hand, it's great for our economy. On the other hand, it's awful because we need to be saving more. Now, not each and every day am I going to sit here and, and profitize uh, business and, and investing. It's, it's not me. It's not my shtick. Sometimes I'll break into some technology talk. Sometimes I'll break into some other discourse. This is your show, so take control of it. Call the show. Don't disappoint me. Have something to say. Have some insight. Have a question. You know, how much does a pet cost? A lot of money. You know, it's it's almost as much as a kid, and if they're an unhealthy pet, it is as much as a kid. So we could talk that. We could talk, you know, what is a 401k and why should I care about it? Aren't I supposed to be young and beautiful? Well, if you care about your 401k when you're young and beautiful, you'll you'll have all the money that you need to live gracefully from age 60 to 100. I'm worried about 60 to 100. I'll be quite honest with you. That's my biggest fear. It's not my biggest fear. Actually, my biggest fear is just a big black emptiness. So have you ever stayed over at a friend's house and slept in their basement and it's pitch dark? That scares me. That's pitch dark where I don't know where things are. So the banality, the emptiness scares me. Anyway, what scares you? 800-345-5639 is 800-345-5639. Yeah, a big fear of mine is is retiring without enough money. It's scary. I think uh, women are wired to, you know, uh, find a man for, you know, security. Find a man to give them, you know, that peace of mind. That's what I fear is not having a peace of mind, not having security. So, but on, on occasion, I'm going to digress. On occasion, I'm going to talk stuff like, ooh, Friday, tomorrow, giving away some San Jose Quake tickets. Quake four-pack. You could get to see my my bro, my bromance, Joe Cannon, goalkeeper for the San Jose Quakes. You get to see him play live and in action. No, you don't get a shower with him. You don't get to go into the, the, uh, the locker room. But you get to see him sweat, which is pretty close. Pretty good part of bromance. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800 800- Three four five fifty six thirty nine to get your calls on the air. I'm a fan of the New York Yankees. Don't hold it against me. 
please don't hold it against me. I know when you say on the West Coast, when you say that, you're like, ah, you just like them because they're winners. Well, actually, I grew up overseas. A large part of my youth was in Europe. Very large part of my youth. And uh, when you live in Turkey and you live in Greece and you live in Germany, you don't really get the American culture. But you, you want it. You need it. So when I was four years old and really learning how to read, my brother David, also known as Day Day, because I couldn't quite say David, my brother David, David Black, David James Black, attorney at law, he uh, taught me how to read by following baseball. So I'd, I'd follow the New York Yankees. I had, try, I had to pick a team because he knew that that familiarity, that regularity of looking at the newspaper and seeing that, you know, Thurman Munson went 0 for 4. And I had to figure out how to spell Munson. And I had to, you know, grow, grow fond of these guys. Uh, the statistics. I love statistics. You know what I love about baseball? Statistics. It calms me. It relaxes me. Baseball is a sport that I could watch and just instantly be put to sleep because uh, it's just so calming, the statistics. Anyway, baseball. No crying in baseball, right? Let's talk a little baseball. When it comes to what teams are worth, there is no crying in baseball. Giants have started 3-0 this year. Major League Baseball team, the average Major League Baseball team, if you wanted to buy one, $491 million. That's up 2% from last year. Not a bad rate of return, right? And that's smack in the middle of the worst economy in seven decades. Now, baseball's 30 franchises. Turned in a record operating income of $522 million last year. So last year, in a recession, even though attendance was down, they made, as a group, $522 million. Average team pulled in about $17.4 million. That's not every team, keep in mind. I'll get to your Giants in just a momento. I'll get to your Oakland A's as well. But overall, profits rose 4%. Not bad. It was new stadiums, refurbished stadiums. Cities like New York and Kansas City pushing the league revenue up about 1.4%. The other one was owners become a little bit more prudent with how much they're paying players. Stars in their prime like Ryan Howard and Mark Shearer, they're given huge contracts, huge contracts. But older players like Bobby Abreu and Jason Giambi had to take huge pay cuts. So management is starting to get a little bit smarter about what they're willing to pay. Because it's all mathematics. You know, a 300 hitter is worth... A 300 hitter on the decline is worth... You know, They could figure that stuff out. So thanks to $433 million, total player cost declined. So that's pretty crazy, right? Only two teams lost money last year. Who were the two teams in baseball who lost money last year? Can you give you a second to think about it? Surprisingly, the Detroit Tigers. Why? Well, I guess it's not that much of a surprise if you think about it. As a city, they're in decline. As big business, Detroit's in decline. So big business isn't spending the big money on the, the, the boxes. So Arizona, the Arizona Diamondbacks as well lost money last year. So despite baseball's big welfare program, performance on the Diamonds still very much so counts for something. In capturing their 27th world title, the Yankees... Um, they own the Yes Network, which is a regional sports cable outfit. They retain the top spot. They're now worth $1.6 billion. If you wanted to buy the Yankees, they're worth $1.6 billion. That's up 7% from the previous year. Now, when you look at the Yankees and you go, man, they spend so much money on payroll, but they're up 7% year over year as a valuation. That's not too bad. 
The Bronx Bombers pulled in $441 million in revenue during the first season at their new ballpark. Now, there's still plenty of unsold premium seats at the Yankee Stadium. We know that. We see that. The Yankees have made up for the overpriced of their club seats by hiking general ticket prices across the board. So 3.7 million fans came into the Yankee Stadium last year. So obviously they're doing great. Now, take a look at the Mets, crosstown rival. They moved up into a new ballpark last year. The Mets won only 70 games. That's their worst showing since 2003 in response the team had to cut ticket prices 10% for 2010 just to try to get people in. So stadium revenue is likely declining for uh, the New York Mets this year, in large part because they didn't field a winner. Fielding a winner is important in baseball. And again, I'm talking baseball because Giants off to a 3-0 start. Now again, the Yankees worth $1.6 billion. Who's number two? Number two goes to the Boston Red Sox. They're worth $833 million. So the Yankees are worth twice as much if you were to buy into them. The Red Sox have the advantage of being the only baseball team in the country's seventh largest television market. And that's a big reason the team garnered an average cable rating of 9.5 on their New England Sports Network. So they're doing great. They got the highest ratings in cable across the major league because they're the only team in town, so to speak. Think about it. You know, the Giants have to compete with the A's. If the Giants didn't have to compete with the A's, the Giants would get a lot more business, right? As well as a lot more eyeballs. Now, outside the big markets, two teams stood out. Milwaukee Brewers and Minnesota Twins. Both have shown how proceeds given to them by other teams can be reinvested. Because baseball has this this luxury tax. If you spend over a certain amount of money, other teams get a piece of that action. A piece of your revenues. A piece of you have to pay a penalty to them. So for six past seven seasons, Brewers have had a wins-to-player cost ratio of 110 or higher. So they're doing very, very good with their, their, their money, so to speak. Now the Rangers, they look like they might have be saved from the owner Tom Hicks, who has saddled the franchise with too much debt. So uh, on occasion, these, these owners get into debt problems like L.A. L.A. is, oh my good golly. You, you want another reason to laugh at the Los Angeles, the Dodgers, their owner? going through a massive, huge public divorce, and he's cut payroll because he's trying to be cheap. He's trying to make sure that his wife gets screwed. Well, I'm not going to say screwed. She's going to get 20 of the houses, 20 houses, and she needs money to pay for the taxes on those houses and pay for the upkeep on those houses. But the owner of the Dodgers is so cheap. No, no, no. He's so bitter at the divorce. He's slashing payroll so as to you know keep the money in his lifestyle okay while his team struggles on the field. Now, the Giants, they're owned by Bill Newcomb. He bought them in 1993 for $100 million. Today, the Giants are worth $483 million. So not a bad investment. Not a bad investment. Their manager is Bruce, Bruce Bochy, who's, who's wildly famous for putting together just interesting pitching staffs. That's what he does terribly well. Um, the rebuilding of the Giants with younger players, it, it started paying dividends last year, and this year it's going to be interesting to see. Last year we had 2.8 million fans show up at AT&T Park. Tim Lincecum, he's the freak. He's a, just a fun guy to watch pitch. He's he's youthful. Yes, he smokes a little marijuana. Um, but I think we all kind of agree with him. You know, we all kind of like relate to him. He's Well, I don't know if we relate anymore because now he's making $23 million over a two-year contract. The Giants would have loved to sign him to a longer deal, but... You know, AT&T was an expensive park to build. So they got $20 million a year in financing for AT&T, and they're going to have to, you know, uh, be cheap with how they they do the payroll. So last year, the Giants, you know, middle of the pack in payroll. They don't want to overpay. They don't want to overcommit. 
So 4.2 million people live in this area, and revenue per fan is about 80 bucks. Biggest sponsors at AT&T include Yahoo, Bank of America, Coca-Cola, Chevron, Charles Schwab, publicly traded. You get the idea. They made $131 million at the stadium last year. Not too bad. Not too bad. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's Rob Black Show. Anything and if he comes, come on, bring it hard. 800-345-5639. You're listening to The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1-800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Anything that you have on your mind, bring it to the plate. Bring it hard. and Let's talk. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Big story out there today is two of my least favorite airlines are thinking about getting married. I don't like it. I don't like it. I understand it, but I don't like it. United Airlines and U.S. Airways are in merger talks that ultimately, if they end up being successful, it would create the nation's second largest airline. Delta and Continental get the the nod there, surprisingly. Again, we live on the West Coast, so we don't realize that. Now, it's the third time in a decade that these two have tried to make a deal. They've tried to get married before and failed. Left at the altar, jilted. The negotiations represent a huge effort to try to consolidate what is considered a struggling airline industry. Warren Buffett, greatest investor of all time, he said, I'll never buy an airline. It's the biggest mistake he said he thinks he's ever made was when he bought TWA. Teeny Weeny Airlines, also known as Trans World Airlines. The industry has lost $60 billion in the last decade. Fuel costs have soared. Number of travelers have fallen. Companies, both United and U.S. Airways, they've been vocal in calling for bigger partnerships. Now, of the largest United States airlines, only the low-cost carrier Southwest turns a profit every year. And analysts have said that despite the steep cuts in capacity by all the airlines in the last couple of years, there's still too many airlines chasing too few travelers. So a combination of United and U.S. Airways, it would help both return to profit rather sooner rather than later, rather than trying to go it alone. Now, Delta and Northwest created the nation's largest carrier a couple of years ago. Now, United and U.S. have very, very complex labor contracts. Now, they want to basically get together so they can cut and work against those labor contracts. One reason the merger succeeded for Delta and Northwest was ultimately a seniority plan, a negotiated seniority plan and a new collective bargaining agreement with pilots, enabling the two companies to integrate their operations faster and more smoothly. Now, disclosure of talks like this, it could spur airlines like Continental and American to consider bidding for United or U.S. Airways. So it could start a little bit of a price war. The success of the Delta Northwest merger, it's reinvigorated consolidation talks because it actually worked out pretty well. So I personally, I like having more options. 
I don't want to see them merge because ultimately, if they do, there'll be fewer players. So when it comes time to travel, we'll have one or two fewer choices. United's been standing at the altar waiting for basically the bride to show up and they've gotten tired. So they're trying to pull off the deal. So, you know, can it get Continental to pull in with U.S. Airways to do a little bidding war on United? U.S. Airways and United, not a good fit. It's not a good fit. Two carriers would end up with a large number of hubs. Uh, huge operations in Chicago, Denver, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Phoenix, Charlotte. Extensive operations on the East Coast. Has about 34,000 employees, 3,100 flights over at U.S. Airways. So it's the weakest of the major airlines. So will it pull off a merger acquisition? All I'll tell you is that I hate the industry. Hate, hate, hate the industry. I hate flying. It's just not that... Yeah. It's not so much that I hate flying because, like, I don't have a problem being 34,000 feet up in the air. I just hate the process. Just hate the process. Security sucks and ticket agents suck and airports suck and, you know, the bars at airports suck and the food sucks. And I just, it's like throwing away three to four hours of your life every time you, you get into an airport scenario. Let's go to Sharon in Santa Clara. 800-345-5639. How do you feel about the airline industry? 800-345-5639. Sharon, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Rob? I'm well. So I want to know your um, advice or opinion on having life insurance as a retirement plan where you don't pay taxes later. Because when they put it like they do your 401k with maybe annuities and things like that, they're showing how if you were to take put money in life insurance and you take a thousand, I mean a million dollars and by the end of that time you can borrow it back tax free and you really get a lot more for your money than you would if you did it in a 401k or some other sort of retirement. Have you heard of this? Oh sure, it's it's one of the selling points that insurance agents try to do. How old are you, Sharon? I am 48. What do you think life insurance is for? I think life insurance if you have a family and kids and you want to take care of them. But they're saying life insurance is like just the second part of it. If you were to die before 70, then you, your beneficiaries you know, receive that. But if you, it's not about the life insurance. It's just a mode to save all this money and not pay taxes on it and have it last long. Okay, so you're starting to hear two messages on life insurance, right? Yeah. I am. So now, what happens if you save money in a, a Roth IRA? Is that money taxed? The you... money's not taxed. Okay, so there, there are other alternatives. I prefer, Sharon, to keep my insurance my insurance and my investments my investments. I don't want to have life insurance when I'm 60 years old because I'll have invested so well that if I die, my heirs and my family will get all my assets. Um. I prefer that you do term life insurance for 20 years, Sharon. Cover your family's lifetime. Um, what I mean by that, and thanks for the call, cover your time to earn money and to save money. Term life insurance is the cheapest. I don't know one professional in the industry who uses whole life or variable life. You don't need insurance for your whole life. Now, insurance agents will show you these tricky things, and they'll show you, you know, look, you could take an interest-free loan from yourself but you still have to be making payments every year or that you, or you lose your life insurance. My dad had a whole life policy that he kept for his whole life. And then in the final six months of his life, he got cancer and he knew he was going to die. 
He knew he was going to be dead in six months. So he forgot to sign a contract. So he didn't get anything. Made his payments for his whole life. And then he, he forgets to make a payment. When you get older, suddenly making those payments gets a little bit tougher because you don't have income coming in. So I would prefer you let your investments be investments and go with low-cost investments and let your insurance be your insurance and go with low-cost insurance. An insurance company can't give you anything magically. They have to go out and invest your money if they're going to give you a return on your money. So they do it at a higher cost. The premiums are higher. The management fees are higher than anything you could do on your own. So the best advice that I can give you is is turn your ear away from the insurance sales pitch and say, this isn't for me. I know Rob Black, and Rob Black does not know one person in the financial industry who has whole life or variable life. I know a lot of people in the industry who sell it because it pays huge commissions. Now, you know, like a car salesperson, like, car guy is going to come up to you, Sharon, and go, hey, Sharon, I got this great car for you. Here's, here's the trick. He gets all these magical miles per gallon. And he's going to show you everything that he wants to show you. And he's not going to show you the dirty side of it because he wants to get the commission off of you. He's not going to show you the, the, the fact that you can do this cheaper on your own elsewhere. You have to be very careful. It's product that's crap. It's product that has high fees. It's high cost product. The only people who really like the product are the people who sell the product. So, and no one else. So, you don't want it, Sharon. And a lot of times with um, uh, both annuities and life insurance, what they do is they want you to take a large chunk of your retirement at one foul swoop and put it into their their relationship because they get a huge commission. Commissions can be as high as 9%. So, for every $100,000 that you put with them, which is very common... You're giving up $9,000. So my advice is go with term life and invest the rest. That's what every professional does. To get your call on there, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. If you want an article on why not get whole life or variable life, drop me an email and I'll, I'll, I'll send you an article on it. It'll explain it as well as it can. 800-345-5639 to get your calls there. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. You're listening to The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1-800-345-5639. Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Had a call about life insurance. And to further add on to that, if you do take a loan against your life insurance, you have to pay it back. I don't recommend ever taking loans from any of your financial products. Um, what can happen is you can get hit with a huge tax bill if you don't pay it back and or huge penalty. That's where I stand. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Apple's in the news today. Pretty big, pretty aggressively yet again. The big business stories out there, Greenspan, the greenback, excuse me. It's gaining. Greece is borrowing more money, and Greece just looks like they've got debt problems where their debt's getting called, and the country can't operate. They can't borrow money. They can't have the services in place that they have in place. So Greece is pulling down the euro, and when you have a weaker euro, you've got a flight to safety in the greenback, also known as the dollar. Big retail numbers out today. Same store sales were uh, strong. 
major merger possibility in the airline industry, U.S. Airways and United Airlines. Um, you know, that's a report out there. It's, it's not confirmed yet. Initial jobless claims were disappointing this morning. Um, my opinion, I don't know. I feel like I'm saying my opinion too much today. My thought on this is that the jobless claims, it's going to be bumpy. I think we've seen the worst of the recession. I think we're moving in the right direction very, very slowly. And I think there's going to be some bruises along the way. So uh, I'm not wildly optimistic. I'm kind of apathetic, to be quite honest with you, with some of these numbers that I'm seeing out there. So Apple's in, this, in, the, in the world today. Remember yesterday we were talking with Kim Commando and Kim was talking about the iPad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's more, there's more uh, Apple news out there. Best Buy has sold out of the iPad at all 673 of its U.S. stores. Apple stores are maintaining some stock. Quote, we expect to have iPad inventory replenished at these locations by Sunday, so says Best Buy. Six Best Buy stores contacted in the the greater San Francisco area said they sold out of their iPad on Saturday, the same day that the iPad went on sale. So it's pretty common. All Apple stores uh, seem to have stock. An Apple store in California uh, said it had stock of 16 gig, 32 gig, 64 gig models. That usually sells out by late after in the afternoon. Um, so there you go. So Apple uh, store in San Francisco has stock of the iPad. So the iPad pretty catchy. It's catching a lot of eyeballs. Uh, it's it's a good story. It's successful so far for Apple. I question what industries are going to use it and what industries won't. Will it be functional for a businessman? Well, doctors love it, for instance. Doctors are finding that, you know, you get a lot of elderly uh, elderly patients who their eyeballs just aren't that good. Their eyeballs are old eyeballs. So you try to explain their blood pressure. You flip the iPad over and show it to them. You try to explain their their blood levels, where they should be and where they are now. You, you show them. So it, the iPad will be great for the medical industry. The iPad will be great for the photography industry. Will it be good for an attorney? Maybe not as much. Maybe not as much. Will it be good for a guy who does a lot of emailing? Probably not so much. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it evolves. More Apple news out there today. Apple CEO says the new iPhone operating system is going to include multitasking. We've known about that for quite a while. CEO Steve Jobs is saying today that they've sold over 50 million iPhones and that they're going to release the developer preview of the iPhone 4.0 today. He said we've sold over 85 million iPhone touches combined. So um, he says we've sold 450,000 iPads. So Steve Jobs is out there talking today, and when he talks, we tend to listen a little bit. So interesting to note, Apple's already starting to get ready for another iPad. The new iPad that they're starting to work on, is it bigger? No, it's actually smaller. So it looks like it's going to be a 5 to 7 inch version of the iPad. It's expected to launch as soon as the first quarter of 2011. Um, upstream component companies are talking about this today. Apple's smaller size iPad is going to be priced below $400. And it's going to target the highly portable mobile device market and consumers that focus mainly on reading um, and do not have a high demand for text input. So as for the question of Hewlett Packard's Slate, HP has a Slate coming out. It has a chance of impacting iPad sales as well. HP Slate's unlikely to be a competitive product, in my opinion. HP missed the smartphone market. They, they totally missed the smartphone market. Um, they bought Compact, and Compact had what was called an IPAC, I-P-A-Q. And it was going to try to, try to, but no, 
And HP's got a slate coming out that, quite honestly, it looks dull and uninventive compared to the iPad. Looks like our producer Heidi has fired up her earplugs. Hi there. Hi, how are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? My timing's off today. Can you notice? Nope. Okay. I think you're solid. Okay. So I was talking to my friend on the bus today who um, works for Adobe. Okay. And we were talking about Flash and the fact that Flash isn't on the iPad. And which you kind of frustrated me a little bit. Basically, from the iPad, that's kind of a deterrent for me. Um, not only am I supposed to go out and buy this all great, new, wonderful iPad, but then I'm supposed to spend a bunch more money to get my media directly from iTunes and Apple. Like, I can't just go to Hulu and watch Flash on my iPad. I have to buy things, too, from them, only now, them. How angry are you about this? I'm annoyed. I don't like exclusivity like that. And I know that's what Apple does. I know, but it's annoying. But Adobe could break their, their magic. Could they? That's that's the, Apple's thought. So they can, they're kind of control freaks. They, they control their applications for quality, so they say. Absolutely. But then they, then they just want... They just want more money after you drop a load for the iPad. They want iTunes sales. They want, it's just, it's, I feel, I would feel nickel and dimed and that's why I wouldn't do it. That's why I wouldn't buy the iPad. Okay. Well, you're entitled. It's angry Heidi. Hear her smash things. Uh, Yep. Angry Heidi. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. Let's just stick with the frigging iPad for one more segment, then we'll kill it for the day. Um, If you break apart, and I still don't understand people who do this, but there's a video of a guy who bought an iPad, and then he he destroyed it with a baseball bat. I don't get that. I just don't get it. I know it's a strong statement against the consumer, or the the, maybe it has some sarcasm or something in it, but... I don't get what they're trying to say, but if you t- screw drive an iPad and you unscrew it, unscrew it, unscrew it, unscrew it, unscrew it, ultimately, if you figure out how much all the parts are, if you were to build it from scratch, it costs about $259. So it sells for $600, about $259 to build materials for the iPad, include a touchscreen display. The touchscreen display costs $95. It's got a $26 semiconductor processor in it designed by Apple, and it's manufactured by Samsung iPad supplies, what is the lowest priced iPad? It's 16 gigs. It sells for about $499. And the parts constitute about 52% of that retail price. Now, on the mid price, the iPad sells for $599, $289 in material. So you can see that they really make their money on the high end of the product. The iPad's component cost went towards making the device appealing to you. So it's a pretty expensive product if you do a teardown of it. Um, pretty good quality inside of it. Not a lot of profit margins after you market that, after you uh, ship it and deliver it, after you support it with technical support. Uh, it's a pretty expensive product for Apple to get out there. So their their margins may be in question until some of those component costs go down. To get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Are you angry like Heidi's angry? Urgh, Heidi's angry Urgh, at the iPad exclusivity barring Hulu and Adobe from using the product, so to speak, and forcing you to buy their their from their iTunes store. Are you angry? Urgh. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Coming up, we're going to do a little foreclosure and advertising talk in business time. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk.
listening to The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1-800-345-5639. Let's jump to some phone calls. Rick in the East Bay. Rick? Hey, Rob. How are you, Rick? Uh, Pretty good. Say, um, I agree with Heidi. I think the uh, lack of flash support in the iPad's a deal breaker. I recently had to make a choice. I'm an IT consultant, and I chose the Alienware M11X. It's a 11.6-inch laptop that will give you eight hours of battery life and doesn't have any of the limitations of your iPad and starts at $800. Okay. So when I was faced with the choice, that's the direction I went iPad's not even on the radar. It's interesting that you say that because I really don't care, but you and Heidi obviously do. I guess I don't consume enough media to make a decision based off the no Adobe Flash. Just about every website you're going to go to has got some Flash plug-in, Flash support of some type. I use an iPhone, so I'm, I'm not an Apple hater. I think the iPhone is great, but I use it as a tool. But when I'm at home and I am consuming media, it's generally on a website with Flash. And Hulu is certainly in the top five. Isn't there some workaround that you you can get some sort of hack that does it for you? I don't waste my time with hacks. Okay. I hear you. So, anything else, Rick? You're just cruising? You're enjoying your time? I'm just cruising, enjoying my time. I love you, man. your time, Rob. Have a good day. Take care. Let's go to Tom and Rodent Park. Not quite sure where Rodent Park, California is, but that's where Tom is. It's Rodent Park. I, I know that. It's just we had, we had a typo, and it's funny to, to pronounce the typo on air. Well, right on. I'm angry like Heidi. I, I'm surprised by the, the anger outflow. And is this again tied towards the Adobe Flash that is not included in Apple's product? There is a laundry list of things I cannot stand about the iPad. Okay, give me a couple of them if, if it's a laundry list. Um, okay, first, the, just the closed um, exclusivity and closed architecture that Apple is famous for. I use an iPhone like your last caller, um, and I like the iPhone. In fact, I love my iPhone. Um, but when it comes to a larger format, you know, con- that consuming of media, using it at home, using it, um, you know, if I'm sitting on a bus or a plane or something and I want to use it to pass the time, um, I'm going to want, you know, something that's not so closed source and uh, something that does allow flash video. Um, and do, you, do you have an iTunes account? Yes. And it's it's you you can't get what you need from iTunes. You you feel you you want the the you want the other alternative, huh? I'd rather watch a thirty second ad on Hulu and get my video for free. Wow. So the people are speaking. Thanks for the call, Tom. No problem. So here's some things that I don't like about the iPad. You can't print from it. It lacks a USB port, so it's tough to get files into it and out of it. No DVD player. Can't run Mac programs on it. Can't run Windows program on it. Um, it lacks multitasking. It doesn't, well, wasn't really designed for multitasking, though. So those are the things that I hate. Also, the enclosed battery, where you have to pay Apple to replace it. A little bit perturbing, but not totally. Let's go to Charlotte in Santa Clara. Charlotte? Hi, Rob. Hi. 
Hi. Um, I was going to change up the subject a bit. You were talking about uh, baseball earlier and how, um, you know, the financial gains from it or losses from it. Well, Santa Clara is looking at getting uh, the 49er Stadium built here, and I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that. I don't. Or have you haven't uh, read anything up on it. It's it's a big controversy down here. I mean, neighbors are arguing over it. The Santa Clara Weekly has nasty letters written every week. It's kind of entertaining. Yeah, it's. I don't. I, I don't really have a good answer on that. Unfortunately, I know that Santa Clara's got Buckshaw Stadium, and that's clearly not going to host the San Francisco Forty ers uh, but yeah, I don't really know enough about the football stadium in Santa Clara. I'll brush up on it though, Charlotte. Are you are you pro stadium or against stadium? I'm ambivalent. I'm not a football fan. Okay. Uh, so I'm I'm just a little cautious because I don't want to see the city spend out a lot of money and not get any financial gain because our schools de- uh, need the money definitely. And so if the schools get money and if the city gets money to redevelop the downtown area, hey, then that would be great. It's been interesting because the 49ers, and the one thing I'll tell you about, the, about in my opinion, on Candlestick sucks. It's got to be the worst stadium in the NFL at this point in time, getting in out, into and out of, and uh, they do need a new home, and I'd like to see it in San Francisco or somewhere near San Francisco myself. So uh, stadiums are great, though, for neighborhoods, uh, Charlotte, especially for neighborhoods who are on the decline. I can give you a good example, and thanks for the call. In Washington, D.C., they built the MCI building or... Uh, I don't know, the MCI Center, I guess. Yeah, the MCI Center. And they put that in the downtown Japantown in Sanford, in, in Washington, D.C., and it revitalized the whole community. Uh, property rents went went up. Uh, restaurants opened and flourished in the area for the first time ever. Crime went down in the area. A good stadium in a good location, I think, is worth it. It employs a lot of people. It brings in restaurants. It brings in tourism. It it, it can add a lot, but I don't know enough about the you know the Santa Clara scenario per se. I know that the 49ers spend an enormous amount of money trying to get good positive PR. Uh, into the Santa Clara community in large part, million plus dollars to try to convince people of the the positivities. But Santa Clara City Council, um, they're doing what they can right now to to aggressively fight it. Uh, The deal right now looks like it's $114 million to the stadium, 15 acres of city land. Projected revenue is only about $57 million negative return on investment for Santa Clara. Uh, So says the studies that's coming out of it. But yeah, that... I don't know if I have an opinion on that, so or at least not a well-developed one. Uh, I do want to run for mayor of my city one day, but you don't run for mayor. You have to be on city council, and you have to hear about all these old ladies and old men who go to the city council meetings and, and bitch and moan about dogs and, and cracks in the sidewalks. I don't know if I really want to go on the city council. I want it to be mayor because I would like to, to influence a city and uh, influence the positives in, in an area. I think that's the only area of politics where you could really be effective. It's on the, the mayor level. Uh, my opinion. So uh, that's all I got. I got nothing on the subsidy. Let's get a bill in San Leandro. Bill? Hey, Rob, how about some stimulating talk on Qualcomm? Is it time to own it? Or? You want me to talk slowly and titillate you on it? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. I don't know, Bill. That sounds in a, in a slightly inappropriate for two grown men to titillate each other. But um, Qualcomm is a play on smartphones. And I would almost prefer that you go with Apple based on the valuation currently. Uh, if I were to say smartphone growth, you hear the Apple story, you hear the Qualcomm story. Qualcomm's trading about 16 times next year's earnings, whereas Apple 
is trading at, and this is just the recent statistics, not updated terribly. Uh, Apple's trading about 20 times. So Apple's getting a little bit more expensive. Let me throw out some financials on Qualcomm and see what I can pull up as far as research goes. And thanks for the call. Is it a stock you own or is it a stock you're looking to own? Uh, thinking about owning. Okay. So it's a good name. It's one of the stocks that I mentioned at the start of the year is my top 10 stocks for the year. So I'm, I'm not knocking it. I'm just wondering if it's easier to play a different play or like if you want it to be a little bit more safe, maybe like a Verizon would be a, a safer play on valuation with a dividend. Qualcomm is somewhere in between the middle of Apple on the high end of risk and on the low end of risk of Verizon. 1.6% dividend yield on Qualcomm. Uh, let's see how it's doing this year since I called it one of my favorite stocks of the year. Started out January right around 45, and it's right around 45. It had a big drop-off in February, but it's come back nicely. A lot of support around 38 to $40, so I see some safety in buying it right around these levels. It's not my favorite company um, in the world. They make in, uh, chipsets for wireless carriers. It's tied heavily to the CDMA, code division, multiple access technology used in digital wireless uh, they do a lot of satellite work as well for the trucking industry. Let's see. Pull up some financials and see if I can't find anything on it for you. Uh, recent analysts have said seasonal patterns look about right, that they're benefiting from an increasing mix that's helping them with the BlackBerry at Verizon, with HTC, with the AT&T, T-Mobile relationships that they have. You would probably compare them to like a Texas Instruments and maybe a Broadcom in the world of technology as far as similar type of uh, cost structures. Ooh, let's see. Um, so Apple, there's big rumor that Apple's are eventually going to sell the iPhone to Verizon or let Verizon use their Apple iPhone on their technology. Now, Verizon is a CDMA company, backing company. And clearly, if Apple comes to Verizon, a lot of Verizon users would love it. A lot of AT&T users would probably fire AT&T and move their, their relationship to Verizon because we just feel that Verizon's got a better network in our head and I think in reality as well. So Qualcomm would be a benefactor in that case. And everyone seems to be tying it to that story. Um, I don't like research in motion. I do think Qualcomm's a good 50 to $55 stock in a healthy economy. So I, I guess... What I'm saying is, if I'm, I'm beating myself up a little bit here, I guess ultimately I can endorse it. So thanks for the call, Bill. Uh, if that, you want to add it to your portfolio, I have no major issue with that in any way, shape, or form. Speaking of, speaking of the economy and smartphones, a little bit of business story out there today. Signs of life, internet ad business starting to return to life. It had a harsh year. Um, last year, starting to return nicely. Online advertising spending started to pick up in the second half of 2009. Online ad spending reached $6.3 billion during the fourth quarter of 2009. That's the largest quarter on record for internet advertising. Spending during the fourth quarter was up about 2.6%. So if you look at spending on advertising as a key towards the economy or a flag, you would say that the People are advertising because they want you to spend money. People are advertising because they want you to get in their product that you would imagine that the worst of the economic impact is behind us. Um, so internet advertising, it's starting to see some seeds of growth. 
Um, 2009 was a bleak year for digital media. Online ad spending in 2009 across the board was down about 3.4%. Um, but you're starting to see it clearly showing signs of picking up. There's four ways to get in touch with the show. Phone call, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Email rob at robblack.com. Are you angry like Heidi? That the Apple iPad doesn't include uh, the ability to use Adobe Flash, which apparently every website uses Adobe Flash and all the TV shows that you want to watch online uses Adobe Flash. So are you angry like Heidi that Apple's got a closed system? 800-345-5639 or email me rob at robblack.com or jump on my Facebook page. My Facebook group page is I Hate Rob Black. I hate Rob Black on the Facebook page. Or you can jump on the live blog, which is being crowded and pigged liked uh, by by Mary. But the Talk910.com Rob Black blog page, Talk910.com. Let's take a break here. We'll come back with some national headlines. 800-345-5639. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com salemnow.com <laughs> 